Hello, and <laughs> welcome to episode 162 of the Gamers Lounge, and welcome to 2020. Wow. Yeah, wow, wasn't as exciting as the first time. I know. Well, this is our third attempt. Yeah. That's okay. This is the last attempt. Yes, because we both can be heard. Yes, we can both be heard. We both have spiky bits. Yes. Uh, hey, who's that on the other microphone? That would be Mrs. Gamers Lounge, a.k.a. Julie, whoever you want to call me, only whoever. if it's nice. Yeah, as long, right, as long as it's nice. So I thought it would be fun to look at 2019. Yeah, lots happened in 2019. Do you want to go over all that or well, our we, game stats? We can focus on games. Well, okay, let's I mean, focus I got on a new, games. I got a new job. Uh we paid off a bunch of bills. Um, it's a pretty good year. Yeah. But I that's would say the boring so. stuff. Nobody really cares about that. No, they want to know about the games. I'm not even sure they want to know about the games, or we're going to talk about the games. <laughs> Whether they want to know or not, they're going to learn. About our stats. <laughs> about our stats. So I track my games. In fact, I get a lot of harassment overall for tracking my games well it is quite funny when you're in the middle of a conversation and we talk about something and you pull out your phone and we're like ah oh, we're gonna know who won or didn't win that's not the only thing i've used it for I've also, also percentages and how many games of wins and losses and fun stuff I think I get more harassment when, <laughs> at the end of the game, everybody's like, no, don't clear your score yet. Bill has to record it. Oh, that's fun, too. You have a weird definition of fun, lady. I know. <laughs> so, so um, you, here's one of the reasons I thought this would be an interesting way to go. Mm -hmm. um, all the games you played last year were with me, except for one. Well, I wouldn't have recorded any games that I played by myself with anyone else. Because you don't have the app to record things. Exactly. But I think the only time you played... I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only time you played games that was with not me also in the game was at the Christmas mm -hmm. party. Yeah. Playing just one with three people in the other room and changing the rules so it wasn't just one. I think so. I don't know if Josh and I have played anything waiting for you. I doubt it, but that would be the only say, scenario. How often are you waiting for me? I know, not very often. You got that game out, ready to go. Well, I like to play games. I know. So that means I have pretty much both of our stats. Okay. All together. So I guess let's start with, I told you this the other night, so you're not even going to be able to guess. You may not remember, though. <laughs> Do you know how many plays... Do you remember how many plays I had in 2019? 289. 300. I was very close. You were very close. Yeah, so I I played 300 I played games 300 times. Yes. In 2019. How many um, different games? Can you do you have that? I do actually 81 different games. Wow. Yeah. That's 81. not what I expected. So I didn't quite hit one a day. But you tried. Uh, no, I wasn't really aiming for that. So in the three, this is three years now I've been tracking this, and I have not yet hit one game a day. Uh, funny enough, 
I was very close in 2018 with 351. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting. Now, hold on. So, Julie, and we're going to filter by year. Hmm. Yeah, it's not as easy to filter somebody else by year. Interesting. Um, but I can go look at, you played, there we go. Is that right? Let's find out. This says 46 games of Azul. <laughs> and this one says 46 games of Azul. Huh. I've played a lot more than that this year. Nope. That's total ever. For Azul. For Azul. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, I can... So, I can't tell the specific games you played. Mm-hmm. But you played 85 games. Total this year. Total in the year with me. So, you played 85 plus however many games of just one you guys played. But that's a hard one to figure out how yeah. to track it. But we can't figure out what games I played. Uh, and you played 31 different games. Oh, Okay. That's a lot for me. Just don't know which ones you played. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of um I mean, if we look trying. at previous years, right? Huh. So, yeah, we talked about this last night. In 2018, you played 93 games. Okay. But only 28 different games. And in 2017, you played 69 games, 26 different games. Well, so, I would say that's improvement. So you've been yeah, 26, 28, 31. I mean, you're slowly increasing, but you're playing about the same number of games. But this new, year... Different games Yeah, that's what I was saying, is this year I'm being more... I mean, last year I was more... Um, you played more often. I played more, but I played more often, but I also was more adventurous or more, okay, I'll try that. More... Um, Oh, 2019. Yeah, you, 2019. you played less often, slightly less often, only yes. 10 games less. Yeah. But, but you were, were willing, willing to try more games. Yes. And this doesn't count demos, but you actually did a number of demos. Like at PAX this year, you demoed a bunch of games, a couple of games. Yeah. So. Didn't we go somewhere else last year? No. That we would have demoed games? Nope. PAX was the only oh, game I know convention what it was, last, last spring fling. I ended up playing. You demoed games at Spring Fling. At Spring Fling. And it was. I oh, mean, you know what? You played games there that aren't tracked. Yeah. In a day, I tried four or five different games. Um, so at least one of those, Gizmos, is on here. Mm -hmm. uh, Goatfish is on here. So both mm -hmm. of those are on here. Goatfish was awesome. So that means you actually probably played more games this year than you did then in previous yeah. years. Are you going to have me start tracking mine? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make anybody do anything. <laughs> so, Just strongly suggest. Here's. So this is not surprising. Okay. But I think the number is was surprising to me. So my most played game this year. I know this. What is it? Azul. No, it's Guild Ball. It's still Guild Ball has been for three years. Oh wow, it's very. That's surprising. Yeah, this is the di well, this is the difference. Twenty seventeen, oh. twenty seventeen, I played Guild Ball a hundred. I played a hundred and nine games of Guild Ball. Yes. 
2018, I played 127 games of Guild Ball. Mm-hmm. 2019, I played 40. Well, you know, when I when you tell me those numbers, it makes me think of the fact that with your job change, you were in when you were going to Denver every other week. I you was, had a gaming group in both both areas. Both areas. Now traveling, if you miss a Tuesday. Well, not just that, but you even when I go Tuesday. out, I mean, Guild Ball is starting to drop off so much. Like, I think yeah. this shows a lot how much it's dropping off in our area. Yeah, which is sad. It is. Um, I mean, even when you look at, right, so 2017, I played 109 games of Guild Ball, 12 different locations against 53 different people. Wow. Um, 2018, 127 games in 11 locations against 50 different people. So are you not traveling as much? 40 games in six locations against 30 different people. So I'm not doing as many tournaments because there's not as many tournaments. Um, not traveling back and forth to Denver, so I don't have two gaming groups. Right. Right. Um, Keyforge was my second oh. most played game. But I you think really, that's. But you played that concentrated. It was something that happened in like a six weeks to eight weeks time and then period. Went away. And and then I did a couple of tournaments with it, but they, I think that's also because they're really quick games. Yeah, like that's uh, you know amusingly. So my sixth most sixth most played game, uh, ten games of Dead Last. Why is that? We played ten games of Dead Last in one night at the Christmas party. Oh, like, okay. I, I, mean, I was in the other room. Yeah, it's because that game plays in... Okay, yeah. Like, we we were playing a full game of that in 20 minutes. We were actually playing one of our new games in the other room Just with, one. Um, with three people I think I had at the table. You had four, counting four. you. And so Just One was a really fun game, and it's a really good party game. Yeah. We did make some house rules, but... I'm a little disappointed in those house rules. Just one. Yeah, what was it? Well, the people... Not to play as just one. <laughs> well, the group could can kind of... Can change dis- their answer change their if there answers. were duplicates. Well, if something was... Like, you're just not going to get it. We all three of us just... Oh, did you go... So the way it was explained... Just to be fair, when I walked out and said, What are you doing? And the comment was, We house ruled just one. I said, oh, what's the house rule? The house rule that was explained to me was, well, you know, if we duplicate answers, we let that person change an answer so that we have three hints out there. Yes. Which kind of defeats the purpose of the game. Let me tell you, the game is hard. And it is so not supposed to be. I think the game could be, no, I think the game is supposed to be challenging. I think that's part of the fun. So there's actually a score sheet in there. Oh, haven't seen it. Yeah, you guys, I like when we played, when I showed it to you and your mom and you and Adalia, we just mm-hmm. grabbed the deck and played. There's actually supposed to be you take a certain number of cards for a game. Okay. We did 13, which I think is the which number. Which is in the rules, yeah. We were playing with Dixon, and Dixon is a rule follower. And then you're supposed to see how many of that, by, by the rules, you're supposed to see how many of that 13 you complete, mm-hmm. and it gives you a, here's what most people who play the game are able to complete based on how good they are or whatever. 
it, yeah. Either I need to try it with a large group of people so you can have multiple, you know, hints. But it's it it's a little challenging. I found that it worked well with five. Hmm. Even just having one more. Hmm. Um because then most likely you're going to have two hints, but you also have a fair number of times with five people, with four people guessing, you know, one person guessing the word and four people giving a hint. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of times you're going to hide two of them. Right. With four people, the minute two people have the same hint, um, you only have one thing to guess from. But that's supposed to be part of the fun when you get down to the one thing. It, yeah, it makes it almost impossible, but yeah. that's where the laughing of the party game comes in. Well, there was also another issue that we had to deal with, was Dixon and his girlfriend have all the same first answers. And that is one reason we got to but a see, house rule for that night, was because I would have one person's answers and one person's clue and then dixon and his girlfriend would have the same one almost every time so i hear you mm-hmm. here's what i found in so i played with the baltimore gaming group they are very intelligent which was the problem <laughs> but that was the problem okay because kevin and lance always came up with the same two answers Ryan and I always came up with the same two answers. So the challenge became, and that is, sounds like more of an age thing because Ryan and I are close oh, in age, true. Kevin and Lance are. But what that made the challenge of is, and this was the fun we all, I, all of us saw this in the game as the point of the game and it being fun. Okay. Now, I know that Ryan and I t- tend to pick the same answer. So if we want to get a, a get the answer picked, we have to try to outthink each other. But then since we're both trying to outthink each other, it becomes that much harder. And then so it's the whole, do I just go with the simple answer because I know he's going to change his answer? Or is he just going to decide to change his answer? So I change my answer. But if we both change our answer to the next thing we're probably both thinking of. This is pretty much what Dixon and Carmen were going through. It was Carmen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so... See, but to us, that became, was the fun of the game. Oh, yeah. When I only have one thing to guess from... It was... It was but like, it shouldn't be more... Yeah. I, it shouldn't yes. be more than once, right? If they're doing it right, then it becomes kind of funny. Of, really, you two? Start trying to... You yeah. know you're going to pick the same thing. One of you decide to change without talking about it. Yeah. It was very... I'd play it again. No problem with that or anything. I, it's a great game. I just think it's it may need more people. Yeah. For me personally, because like one word doesn't really spark much. No, but again, that's that's the point. Right? Well, then I don't like the point. I just want to guess the word. <laughs> yeah, but then it's I, if I you just guess. Lose. Yeah, if you just guess the word, it's not just one. Then it's just a trivia game with hints. Then it's Pictionary, or um, it's or it's. Okay. I don't know what other trivia games okay. there are. But yeah, we're not trivia game people. It literally, then it's just a run-of-the-mill trivia game. I did get a trivia game this year for Christmas-ish. Which, and that one's kind of different, too. I Yeah, we haven't played we yet because I'm not yet. super... I, I'm not really into trivia games, right. but... So what was your what was your favorite game of the year? My first like automatic response is Azul. <laughs> I mean, 
there's no question, but there's another game that's been on my shelf that I thought we played a lot as well. I can't think of... Do I have a second? So I can tell you of all time, uh, all time, you have played 46 games of a... So in all, since I've been tracking this, mm-hmm. so three years. Yeah. No, because that includes the three games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've played 46 games of Azul. Yeah, I, that's the one I always pick. Uh, Seafall, you've played 17. Well, that was a legacy game. Folklore, you played 13. Campaign game. Campaign. Charterstone, you played 9. I think that's Charterstone is the other one I... There was five on the Charterstone shelf. Charterstone is the one that you and I, John, and Cameron played. No, not that. You didn't enjoy... Uh, well, I shouldn't say you didn't enjoy that. We just... It didn't go well. Um... Call to Adventure? The card game where you tell the story? Azul. Azul's my favorite game. And Splendor? Now, and Cities Splendor. of Splendor? I love Splendor. So Splendor um, and Cities of Splendor, if we combine those two, is 12 games for you. That's your yeah. right after Folklore. Like I said, I feel like I've played a lot of games this year that I, w- I don't always Do you like... So we've go. started to play f- uh, Tainted Grail. Yes. Do you like Azul better than Tainted Grail? Two different games. Do you like Azul better than Century Spice Road that we only played one, two games of? Don't remember what it was. It's the one with the card and the colored cubes. We played with uh, Bianca. Oh, I liked that game. Yeah. I wanted to play it again. So I like that game too. Um, now the one thing Azul has a third. So let's talk about that. So there's now three different versions of Azul. Yes, uh, we have all three. Pretty universally, people have said the first one is good, the second one is better, the third one is the best. I would not put them in that order. <laughs> I would say the first one is the best. Well, I can't say that. The first one is really, 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 really good. The second one shouldn't have been made. And they, the third one definitely should have followed up the first. Hmm. Because it added just a little bit of complexity to it. So it could have been the next step. And so now I am conflicted because I like three almost as much as I like the first one. Wow. I like that there's a new challenge in the third one for me. So I don't like the, like, I like the third one. I don't like it more than I like the first one. And the more we've played it, the less I've enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. That's not good for me. And not that I'm not willing to play it, mm-hmm. but I just, like, the bigger the distance has become between the first one and the third one. Now, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think. I think that they wanted to, like, I don't know. I don't research anything. I don't read anything. These are just simply my opinions. Um, I think that they wanted to put out something that was very similar, but with more complexity. That's what they did. And it was, and it, it's pretty. It's very, very pretty. Like, when you brought it out, I was like, ooh, shiny tiles. I mean, shiny cubes. But you were that way about the second one, too, with the glass cubes. Yeah, I'm talking about the second one. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I and got you. 
and I don't think that I don't think it hit the same strategy um, thing in my at least my brain. It didn't it didn't connect at all to the first one. So there are many people who say it's so funny. So Joe at the store has regurgitated to me a whole bunch of stuff from online people, <laughs> uh, which I've since gone and read. There's a lot of people that say that. Okay, I'm having trouble going through this because I disagree with every one of these as being valid points. <laughs> I, I actually think most of these points are not valid. Okay. So there's an there's an argument that the second one solves the problem of the first one, that problem being people can end the game early. My argument is, so the first one, if somebody quote-unquote rushes the end of the game by taking, like your mom yeah, does, taking five. the first... That's five turns. The second one is a fixed six turns, never goes more. And funny enough, the third one is a fixed six turns. It and never I, goes more. I like I like the fact that it only has six turns. And I like that because it's almost like a timer, which is very different than someone else making choices of when the game is going to end. You do like that. I kind of do. See, it doesn't... I, it doesn't bother me on the first Azul mm-hmm. that it may just be five turns. And it's we saw it today. It's very hard to go beyond six turns. Yeah. And it's very hard not to end at five. Yes. I mean, really, there's, there's a luck component and there's a good play component or a bad play component that has to come up. So I just assume it's going to be a five-turn game. And if I get the extra turn, that's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I I really like the first one. I think it's an elegant game. It's I think it's really well done. I think it's clean. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a really deep amount of strategy in the game. There that is, pe- but a you lot can of people also play see. with somebody that doesn't have that strategy yet. But this thing, I think a lot of people don't see it, and I think mm-hmm. people are looking. I think a lot of people on the internet are confusing complexity. With strategy? I could see that. Right? Ooh, the second Azul is complex because you can you can slide your little glass meeple and get stuck in this area. Ooh, you got stuck, so I must be playing better. Well, no, not really. Yeah. You know? Or, ooh, I slid my person early, so I got an extra turn over you. Yeah, uh, okay. But you could have put that same amount of effort, actually... You could oh, you could think a little bit more on the first one and get the same types of benefits, sticking people with extra tiles and things like that. And then in the third one, there's a whole thing of, you know, ooh, I was able to use my wilds and save my wilds to the next turn. Eh, okay. Um, I don't particularly, like, I like the wilds. I think that is it really, um, I like the wilds. But what I like about the wilds isn't the fact that you can get them. I like that you can get them out of the center when you are okay. placing your tiles. It's not so much when they're out on the board or on the little little uh, circles, mm-hmm. but it's when you're actually taking your turn and on you the filled factories. in. Yeah, on the factories. When you're taking your turn and you filled in. You like getting the wilds as a bonus. Yes. More than out or keeping them for the next turn. So after we played it with Josh and there was a whole bunch of Josh and your mom and there was a whole bunch of discussion about the third Azul, mm-hmm. I realized that one of the other things 
that is in the third Azul that actually I don't enjoy as much, which I do enjoy on the first one, is as your gaming group, mm-hmm. as, as all the players on the table get to be, not only get to be at close to the same level of skill, but also start increasing skill together. Yeah. Um, so basically, as long as there's not a disparity in skill with the players, like right. a, a big gap, there is a lot of thinking that goes into, yes, we saw it last night with Josh and your mom, right? Okay. Yes, there is a factory out there with four of the same color on it. But the first two people just passed on that four because it was smarter to take two or three tiles to finish their rows than just take whatever the largest number of tiles you can get at this moment is. And that's one of the things I don't like about the third one is it's always the best play to just take the maximum number of tiles you can get and then figure it out later. And I bet that's actually compensating for the people who like it the opposite way. I don't have to think I can just take, I'm just going to take a ton of red. And when I get to the end and I have 16 red, I'll just figure it out. Well, that's what makes them, they can fill in, they they can do the math, they can fill them in, they can put them here and they can put them there because... Right. I they mean, don't have to fill in a row beforehand. There, there's no real pre-planning. That's one of the things we talked about with Josh is well, the like the third one does away them. the planning. Mm, I like the planning when you're... Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I, I like the third one. I like the plan... I, when I have... Let's say I have five. Yep. I have to figure out where I'm going to put them and what the best choice is for me to get a bonus. So it does it like I could do one. I could put it in a five. I could put it in a one, a three and save one. But I don't make those choices when you're picking it up, when I'm picking them up. I know what colors I'm going for. Yeah. And see, and that's why I actually prefer the I have to have a plan for my turn when I'm picking stuff up. Not just in yeah. what you're describing yeah. is the same thing, right? In the third one, I can willy nilly go. There's a ton of red out this turn. Okay, somebody just put somebody's already taken the first player marker, mm-hmm. and me. there's four red in the center. I'm going to take the four red. Okay, now there's three red on that factory. I'm going to take the three red. That's oh hey, there's what two blue over for. there, or there's three blue, or I could take two more red. Well, it doesn't really matter if I take two more red. I'm going to take the three blue. Mm-hmm. It's not even what I'm going for. It's just whatever has the most of one color that I could pick up all at once. That's the better. And that's actually, I think, how Adalia was playing. And she was winning. Is Adalia would look at the at every time she looked down at the board, she had no plan for where she was going to put anything or what she was putting down. She just went, what is the largest number of tiles I can pick up right now, regardless of color? I think that would be very interesting to get Adalia's opinion because it was something that just clicked in her head that this game made sense. She had a strategy. So I think it's hard to say what she was doing or thinking because I could see her brain working, but I have no idea what it was working on. I I can tell you what I saw, which is that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of Azul. We weren't just going to talk about Azul. We're also playing folk uh, folklore. We played Folklore this year. You played Folklore this year. And we're now playing Tainted Grail. Yes. Both are campaign games. Correct. uh, And Folklore, I would say, or I think we have said, is 
kind of like facilitated role-playing. It's almost a role-playing game, yeah. but it's not really, and there's no dungeon master. Tainted Grail, very similar. We have mm -hmm. characters, and we're building our characters. What do you think about those two? Well, I don't know if you're going to like this because you're getting more models, but I like Tainted Grail. And I don't think I want to go back to folklore. Oh, oh that's that hurts. I'm getting more models for Tainted Grail, too. Oh, okay. I'm getting, well, not well, more. There are some more models, but two more campaigns. But I know that we were waiting on some models for folklore, and my head, like the games we've played, my head's not confused. I'm not fuzzy. I don't feel like I'm going, what, what, where? I don't understand. Huh. Uh, Josh, fill my thing in for me. Um, do my adding. I don't get this. Yeah, um, what's kind of funny there is while there are less statistics to track, I actually think the combat, the part that you're getting, mm -hmm. is more complicated until you get it. Like, I think it's one of those things where it has a really steep curve to learn, and then when you learn it, it makes sense. Think about this, though. It has symbols. I'm sure. a visual person. Writing things down and trying to remember them and that I can do them. Not, I, I, I don't even know what a card is once sometimes two turns later. Or if we've written down that I have this in my backpack. Well, that's one of the other, yeah. So one of the other, not to defend it, one of the yeah. other big differences is we got in the equipment pack after we stopped playing. Which gives you a card for every one of those items you were writing down and trying to remember. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. So that's we actually good. have cards for everything now. And when the next sets come, we have even more cards. But, yeah. but that's fair. Yes. I, I wouldn't so. say I wouldn't sit down and play it again. But this one is much more enjoyable. And I noticed very quickly what I was missing that the two of you had started taking over with the fighting aspect is I was just looking at my cards doing the same thing, kind of just like glazing over them. Oh, who cares what it is? I can just hand it to someone and they can tell me what to do. Well, mm -hmm. I went, no, I get these symbols and I see them out there, but I have to open my mouth because the two of you are very strong-willed people. Yeah. And just a little teeny <laughs> tiny bit. It's like playing with the same two people. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I finally just stopped both of you in the middle of what you were doing and went, here are my cards. I need to figure out how to play them. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I started really paying attention to the symbols. And then when a combat would come up and I would see I have those symbols. Yep. I would try to put out my thoughts, even if you guys took them all away. I was like, I'm going to put my thoughts out first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can figure out the symbols, the things that go together. Um, but now that I know the symbols and I know what goes together, combat's very easy. Yeah, there's no dice rolling. There's no... There's no remembering it. I don't have a sword. I don't have you some actually, special thing. Well, you you do. Oh, well, I have a sword. You, you don't have a sword. You have a, you have a vial of witch's bile. Basically, you have a, you have a, you have a jar of acid. When do I use that? Well, you you asked like every combat, and we kept saying, "No, no, wait for a harder oh, my combat." Card. My, yeah. Oh, okay, my card. <laughs> so you still do have cards with equipment. Yeah, yeah. But now we also have cards instead of rolling dice for the combat. Yes, 
And I think not having dice and not having to add. I think adding is really hard for me when we're trying to play a game. Okay. It's just um, that makes not sense. that I can't add, but it just yeah. You guys add so much quicker than I do, and so it does take a little bit more brain power. No, that's fair. That's that's fair. I am loving Tainted Grail for the story. It's a good story. I am really enjoying the. I I think the Mark. the card mechanic that they use for diplomacy and for combat is very innovative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah. I still we're screwing it up still, but it's cool. Mm. Um, it is not straightforward. I mean, we've already switched, and then we're switching back in how we do it. But yeah, I think we've had a learning curve. Like, and that's what I'm saying. This, the learning know, curve for the cards is really steep, but then once you get it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to have a group strategy yeah. on how we're going to move forward. Have to I'm talk smiling. To, yes. I'll have to talk to each of you individually and then come together. I agree. I think that is the best way to handle it. So. I don't think Josh listens, but that's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so this is something kind of cool. So, uh, I use Board Game Stats. That's the app that I keep referring to. Um, I have played games with eighty-seven different people this year. That's awesome. Yeah, I think eighty-seven different people. Well, on Thursday nights, you now go out and it's <clears throat> excuse me, board game. Night and I think you play different people's board games. Other people bring games. Um, sometimes, off and on, yeah. I've gotten involved in some other games, and people have come up to play ours. Um, you are still. <laughs> I mean, I you are still my most common opponent. Well, um, but I mean that's been true every year. Yeah. No, actually, twenty seventeen, you were not. I would think a guild ball. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with Guild Ball. So in 2018, after you was Josh and then Benjamin. Yep. And then John. 2019, last year, you, then Josh, then Benjamin, then John. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say, who is your main main gaming group? Yeah, it really is. Uh, Joe has moved up into sixth place, where the year before that, your mom was in sixth place. Hmm. And your mom is now down at seventh. I'm um, not seeing her as often. I bet. Maybe, maybe. She moved to Florida this year. I, the numbers, the numbers are pretty different. I think that's the other big thing. Like, so your mom is. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Like your mom in 2018, she and I played 21 games together. Okay. And. 2019, we played 28 games together. So she actually played more games this year, but Joe came out of nowhere and has played 30. <laughs> and, and that's the Thursday night gaming group, yeah. right? The, Joe Joe plays games with us with me on Thursday. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, here's the one that I found really interesting. So the first year I started tracking things, 2017, when I look at locations... 31% of my games, so I'm going to throw some numbers out, but try to bear with me. 31% of my games were played at home. Oh. 46% of my games were played at Huzzah. No surprise. For the year. 
those numbers, uh, those locations stayed the same as my two most common places to play games. Yeah. Um, and then we added in Crick Castle out in Denver. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, right, so, so year one, home, the second location, mm-hmm. was 31%. And Huzzah, the primary location, was 46, 31 and 46. Year two, the numbers were 30 and 47, but they reversed. 47% of my games were played at home, and 30% were played at Huzzah. My guess is because you've been having people over on Saturdays. I actually think it had more to do with, I think that's when we started Sunday Gaming. Oh, yeah. With Adalia and Josh, and then mm-hmm. with Josh. Yep. This year, which is kind of weird because our Seafall, we finished Seafall early in the year. Yeah. And then kind of Sunday Gaming stuck around. In 2019, it was 3545. Hmm. So more at the second location, increased amount at the second location. But also an increase at home, yeah. which means those became primarily the places I played. And uh, home was still 45, was still the most. Right. Um, the third location was, I think, the the one that's even more interesting to me. This year, the third most common place I played, or the, however you interpret yes. this, the third most common place to play games yep. was Adepticon. The year before that? So you didn't socialize as much. In 2018, it was Crit Castle. Well, out you were in going out into Denver. Yep. And in 2017, it was SteamCon. Really? Well, SteamCon. You played a lot of Guild Ball. Specifically, SteamCon USA. Yep. We met a lot of cool people that year. Yeah. So I found I like that the 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 switch between the years from playing at home more yep. even though they aren't drastically different playing at home more than playing out of the store was one change and then the third location has changed every year depending and, on your life. Well, two of them were conventions. Yeah. I play a lot at conventions. I don't think you went to Adepticon that year that we did Steamcon. I am almost positive I didn't. That would have been an interesting thing thing to see. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of the other. Oh, the other one that was kind of intriguing was, um, and these percentages are way closer. Um, 2017, Saturday was my most played day. Saturday tended to be, though, because that's when tournaments are. So I do five or six games on a Saturday. So Saturday was the day I played the most. Tuesday was second, and Thursday and Sunday were tied for third. That's right. None of those are surprising. That was the year John switched to Thursdays. Yep. It's all um, John's fault. It is John's fault. <laughs> uh, but again, Tuesday Tuesday was still second, right? Um, that was 2017. 2018, Saturday was still first. Second place switched to Sunday, and Tuesday was third place. But Tuesday and Thursday were only 1% apart. 
So what is your favorite day to play? I don't know. This year, sun, uh, this year Saturday was still the most, but Sunday we was even made up even more of my gaming. And then it's a long draw. Well, no, I'm sorry. Saturday at 28, Sunday at 23, Thursday at 21, and then a long drop to any other day. So Tuesday, and this I think also goes to a decrease in Guild Ball. Right. Tuesday is just dropped off tremendously. It's very sad. And Thursday, I'm still getting out to Thursday periodically. Well, not periodically, well, regularly, but. I would say you're home more on Thursdays. Which, well, but this is saying, you know, I still game on Thursdays and then Saturday and Sunday. So Saturdays, what's my favorite day to game? Well, it's also you do play different games on different days with different people. Yeah, I. it's kind of hard to say. Because mm-hmm. um, our Sunday gaming day with Josh is very different than having four or five different guys over on Saturday. But, but this year I also started... Some of the some Saturdays, some Sundays, uh, board game breakfast basically. Yeah, those have mostly been Saturdays. Have they been Saturdays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we do coffee and pastries and get together and yeah. Um, it, it is very hard. Uh, like I said, it's tough for me to tell. I'm. I can actually get full games in on the weekends. I'm running in more and more. Um. Right. Not enjoying the store as much. Hmm. Becoming a homebody. It's very crowded. Well, that's great for Huzzah. (laughs) It's great for Huzzah, but Huzzah has become very crowded. Hmm. And it's getting more and more crowded, so it's kind of hard to find the space to sit and play. Right. Um, And when you were miniature gaming, it was very different because they have a huge room for that. Even that's getting... Well... That's hit or miss. It's okay. either really empty and easy to find a space, or it's really full. Oh, okay. Um, the so that's that's a big difference. Um, I miss playing some miniature games. Oh, I'm sure. But the board games are like there's so many good board games out there. Yep. That I. I don't You're know. You're intrigued by them right now. So, what's your favorite day to game? Sunday. I like Sunday, but why? Well. Hmm. See, I can't figure out the why. The why? Well, it's, you, it's just you and Josh. That's your why? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's just very um, comfortable. It's very comfortable. It's very, um, it, we feel like family. Okay. Um, we eat together. We, you know, we support each other. So it's kind of like a family day to me. More okay, than a gaming that. day. Yeah. Because it's like, Josh, your family. It's a good thing that the girls don't listen to this. Well, they have <laughs> They made their choices. They made their choices. And <laughs> Adalia tried very hard on Seafall, but that was just circumstances. Like, in the middle of it, we had, like, six weeks where we didn't play. So it, it became harder. But, you know, you keep telling me they're grown and gone, so. Which is true. Which is true. So, yeah, it does. It feels like family day. So, what would your, like, in relation to gaming, what would your hopes be? I don't want to say, like, not commit. What are your goals? What are your challenges or whatever? But, like, what would your hope be at the end of, 
Like this time next year, 2021, we're talking about 2020 in games. What do you hope we're talking about? Why'd you spring that on me? I got some good answers. I'll give you time to think. Okay. I really hope, even though I don't think I'm going to get as many games as I do at Adepticon, I am hoping that I get enough games at Spring Fling this year. Mm-hmm. That Spring Fling makes my list somewhere. That would be cool if it was your third. Or fourth. Yeah. Um, Over Adepticon. That's not going to happen this year. And it may not happen ever because I'm the organizer. Where at Adepticon, I can just focus on gaming. This year, though, you're going to have a lot more help. True. Um, I... So there's an H index on here, which is... How many games have you played that many times? Right? So Mm -hmm. for me, even though I have... My my H index is eight. There are eight games I've played eight or more times. There's actually nine games I've played eight or more times, but I, there's not nine games I've played nine or more times. So you see what I mean by H? It's it's yeah. You know, two games you've played two or more times. Three games you've played three or more times. You want to play games multiple multiple times. Multiple games multiple times instead of just. And I'm hoping to get my H index up higher. Um, which the number of campaign games coming this year, mm-hmm. I think is a, it's, there's a possibility. Right. Um, yeah, I think there's a possibility. Well, yeah. I mean, we have two, two campaign games, right? Right. Beginning and sort of middle of the beginning of the year. Wow. Well, Tainted Grail, which we're yeah. playing now, and then we have... Um, Will we take a break from Tainted Grail to do the other one? I'm hoping we finish it. And okay. then the other one is the uh, Ever Rain that we did at PAX that you... The one with the ships that you said you really liked? Yeah. That's a campaign game. Yeah, I liked that game a lot. So, um, and that's supposed to be here. I think he said. I think he said he's aiming to ship in April, mm-hmm. or he's confident they'll ship in April. So if it ships in April, we'll have it in May. We will also so we a... should be done by Tainted Grail by then. Okay. We'll also have a copy of that at Spring Fling for people to see. Uh, he said he would. As long as it gets here in time. Oh, that's true. He's yeah, I already emailed them and they... England. All the wonderful things they said at PAX, they came back with, well, you know we're in England and we really have already committed to X number of trips next year. And I'm like, I wasn't asking you to come, but anything no, but you can do to help... No, but gave us his email. Yeah. So, I, I emailed him. Anyways. It's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm I am very much I am looking forward to Ever Rain as well. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I'm trying to think of the other. I guess my goal is very different as I'm sitting here trying to think about it. And my goal is just to continue to be a good wife, supportive wife and continue to play games that are not always so I'll be honest, along that line, I'm also really hoping that, you know, we'll have whatever it is, eight or nine games of Stuffed Tales on here next year so that we can say we finished it. Oh, that would be nice. I really yeah. like Stuffed Tales, but I don't... We never get it out. We never get it out. Um, still one of my favorites. I really like. 
I think it's but, been almost a year. I think we can retire and just flip the board over on Charterstone. I don't think John or Cam. I'm pretty sure John and Cameron are never coming back. No, we're not finishing that. So. Then we got to figure out, do we want to play or not? Which might be a good thing. I'd also like to see us game more with... So there's a couple other things I'd like to see gaming-wise in 2020. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Viticulture at the Vineyard. That was an awesome event. And I want to do that again without trying to make it huge. No, I like the small, intimate group. The problem is, I agree. The problem is I don't know how to do that because now everybody that went with us is talking about it and talking and about how much they liked and it. And, and we were already at eight, 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 10. 10? We were at uh, 9. We were at 9. But that was because rain didn't come. Okay. Um, yes, we have a friend named Rain. Well, we, I say friend. We have a friend named Isaac, whose girlfriend is named Rain, who has yet to come hang out with us, but we keep trying. Oh, See, now I've put eventually. it up publicly. She will. She'll make it eventually. Um, I'd also like, we have a couple of groups of friends who are couples. Yeah, we have some new, uh, and we actually have some newer friends this year. And I'd year. like to see us, like I'm excited to go sit down and play a game with Austin and Shelly. Right. Even though I'm... A little nervous because I know the game Austin wants to play, and I know Austin, and I'm trying to picture you and Shelly. Well, Shelly's... Different order. Try to picture you playing it, and then Shelly as well. Oh, I'm going to be a wreck. Can't we play one of his kids' games? There's no reason to be a wreck, but it's... Yeah, Dune, Dune does not look like the easiest game to me. Right. I think you'll get it. I told you that. I think yeah. you'll get it just fine. I just... It is a heavier game than I was expecting him to be like, hey. Well, I play a lot of games with you. He probably doesn't understand that they have some challenges with some of them. Oh, no, I don't think he took you or Shelly into consideration at all. I think he got Dune and went, it's a board game and it's Dune. This will be awesome. Well, Shelly and I can go shopping. <laughs> it's not a two-player game. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. I see. We have been drafted. It's, it's a three to five player game or a three to seven. Can't we or, draft a boy? Yeah, well. It'll be a good time. It'll it's going to be a good time. It'll be fun to be be with them. So it won't just be about gaming. It's about friendship. And I wouldn't mind getting, I think the campaign games are good. I wouldn't mind getting a game night together with one of our other couples. One of the other couples we're friends with to just do like, let's pick one night a month right. and just for the next 12 months. Do it. That's, we're going to get together. That's the priority. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do dinner and wine and. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I think that's what we have to do. We just have to pick a couple, get a hold of them okay, and say. So who are we going to choose? Who would be <laughs> well, no, the but I'm thinking ones. it through. Like, that's how, I, that's the only way we're going to make that happen is yeah. we need to be the forceful. Yeah. Okay, look, let's, let's sit down, come into an agreement, commit to this and go. Right. Then we have to figure out which couple is going to do that. <laughs> um, oh my! Those are my gaming, uh, gaming goals. Gaming goals. Yours? You say you just want to? I want to just continue to be supportive and try new things, and I'm still going to have my favorites. It, it's you always going to happen. And Adam and Adam need to move down here. I don't know. They're pretty severe. <laughs> They're pretty severe. They played the train game the other night, and there was a picture of Anna. She was very excited. They played a very different train game the other night. 
It's a Western train game. Yeah, Great Western, Great Western Trail, or they they weren't playing when we said when you've said the train game in the past, you usually mean Ticket to Ride. Yes, that was not Ticket to Ride. Oh no, that was a much more at least if it's the same post I'm thinking of, it was a much more complicated game. Well, they can handle it. What was your least favorite game you played this year? Like I when you think about games, remember. is there any is there any game that jumps out as a oh hell no I'm never going to play that again? There's a lot of games you pull out that are very complicated. Um, my first one was photosynthesis. <laughs> okay, how come? I don't know. Maybe because mm. I remember it so well and trying to figure out which way the sun went. Okay. I find the things that use a lot of brain power for me that should not be a lot of brain power are less enjoyable. I'm trying to look at you like um, Black Rose War, right? I'm just going through the stuff you played this year. I believe so, yeah. Spirit Island? I think so. Do you remember Spirit Island? Oh, I, feel like I know I do. what it is. Vindication. Vindication. The game with the cubes that go onto the board and then onto your board and back and forth and the tiles and the the big yeah. black box that I think is so pretty. Such a great game. <laughs> oh. Or Alchemists. I With Alchemists, I just, there's a part of it that I don't think I'm going to get. If I get it, that's great. But, I mean, I, I made it pretty clear that if we play that game, I get this part, and you guys go ahead and win, and I'm going to have fun. Because the other thing is I want to have fun. Yeah. I don't want it to be a challenge. So the only so, two I can think of that you played this year, you played Tapestry this year, which I want to come back and ask you about that. You played Tapestry this year, and you played Vindication this year. Mm-hmm. And Vindication is the only one I can remember that you were like, I, I, I just don't get this. But you were really adamant. adamant. Well, when I'm adamant, let's just take it off the list. So I I have not asked <laughs> you to play it again. I haven't asked you to play Tapestry either. It's more complicated, but I think Tapestry you might enjoy. So you got to play three, no, two games this year, which are considered, actually three so far. You got to play three games from 2019 that were... Hot, 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 huge, just all the hotness. Mm-hmm. Um, Tainted Grail, which we're playing now. Yeah. Tapestry, which was the game with the buildings. I don't know if you remember it. No. no. And then you build your city with the little houses. And not... you played Wingspan, the bird game. I think I got mad at that night. I got mad at the, the, the bird game. We played the... We played Wingspan with Larry. I know. I think I got mad that night because you kept putting your cars underneath. He was playing by the rules. I just didn't like the rules. And it was that kind of night. Yeah, my bird was eating other birds and you were like. I just wasn't happy about it. Yeah. And my other bird was collecting. I don't really usually get like that. I think I threw cards too. You did, and but, that's not but you said you wanted either. to play Wingspan again. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just didn't like what was happening, and I think maybe I might have been drinking. You weren't. I had drinks at lunch. Okay. 
possible. And so I think I was frustrated and... Um, a little tipsy? Yeah, because I don't throw cards. I don't throw cards. I usually don't get that emotional about a game I don't even know how I'm playing. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, so now the challenge is you don't really remember playing Tapestry and yeah, you had a weird reaction on Wingspan. My question for you was but going to be... I saw that Wingspan was, was, a good game. was a good game and one that, I mean, I, I, I liked the, the mechanics and things. I just didn't like what you were doing. Because that's sort of my question there is I play a lot of games. So I get a lot of stuff in, whether it's the hot, hot game, you know, the Mm -hmm. new buzz or not. And what's what would be kind of interesting to me is as somebody who has access to a whole range of games. Just a few. Well, no, but you have access to a range of games, but you're not really paying attention to what's coming out. No. So if I put if I if I put something down and don't tell you one way or the other, you don't know whether this is a game that everybody hates, yeah, or people like it, or nobody knows what it is. Right. Black Rose Wars. I love it. Nobody knows what it is. Okay. Um. So, like, are there anything? My question would have been, and I don't know if you can answer it or not. Is there anything that stands out about those games above and beyond everything else that if I had not said? These were the new hotness this year. You would have been like, "Wow, Azul, these games are Tapestry and Wingspan." Azul was the year we started playing Azul. Was it was also an award winner? Okay. So Azul was award winner. Wingspan was an award winner. Tapestry had a lot of hype, and um, Tainted Grail had a lot of hype. Well, I can tell you that Wingspan and Azul Azul are very pretty. Huh. Okay. They're very attractive games. They um, have easy mechanics. Um, so you could see why they won the, yes. the award they did. Yes. The Spiel I the can definitely see, like, if you want to, like, go to the masses or go to the people that aren't always board gamers or yep. someone who only, ha- like, we have too many. We will know. I don't know how many we have, but if someone's only going to have 10 games on their shelves, I could see these on people's shelves. Okay. And I could see people looking at the boxes and going, oh, I'd like to try this game. And then when you actually open it, it, it actually yeah. produces. Okay. It's not just a pretty box. Interesting. So do you think people are still listening? Maybe. I do, actually. Well, I think we should take a few minutes to talk about the Spring Fling. Yeah? What I do. do you do. want to talk about the Spring Fling? Well, I want everyone to go buy their tickets. People need to buy their tickets. It's really important to us that you buy your tickets because uh, maybe I can say this and my husband can't, but we're in a hotel this year. So we have... Uh, expenses. Expenses, responsibilities... Um, numbers to give people, um, shirts to buy, things like that. So, so this is what I will say. Um, this event is going to be huge, and we need we need everyone. I, yeah, I'm I'm super excited, and you know we the gamers lounge, the gamers lounge because of the change of address earlier last year, um, has a very dedicated following. Okay, like. We have less downloads now than I used to. Okay. But because I changed, we didn't go to zero. 
And and people had to actively go in and resubscribe or change the feed. So I'm very happy. And I really do appreciate all the listeners. Absolutely. It's all Um, about the listeners. Now, that said, if every one of our listeners would just bought a ticket, we would, I would have no concerns. And it could be a gamer's lounge. You know, I would even do something special. We could, we could podcast live. We Uh could, whatever people wanted to do. Any questions you wanted to ask Mrs. Gamers Lounge that are appropriate to gaming? <laughs> I am smart enough to know, Danny Dean, that they have Danny's to... Danny's not making it this year. I know, but if he heard this, he might send in questions. That's true. Appropriate to gaming. But they have to do it at the Spring Fling. So, yes. you know, very, very cool. Um, We're very excited about it, and we just want everybody else to know that there's so much more going on than I think people are realizing. Um, I, I hope so. And well, not that people are realizing, I mean, I'm trying to get the word out. I am looking, looking for how many people follow the page. Um, insights. So we have a pretty decent, uh, Wow, we actually do have a pretty decent. Uh, we we are averaging over a five day period, mm-hmm. eighty people looking at the page a day. That's awesome. Um, if you don't find what you're looking for, email us. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know because there are some people who haven't seen things in certain places, and they're in others. And that's 80 out of 90 followers. There's 90 people following the page. Okay. Uh, so that's on Facebook. We also have people that aren't necessarily in the followers group who have seen the spring fling through, um, who have seen the spring fling through meetup. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the Guild Ball community. Who yeah. It's all over the Guild Ball community. Um, we get, I mean, page, uh, overall page views. Uh, and this just goes back to uh, reach, right? So post reach is uh, uh, how many people? I, I don't know how post reach works. I mean, it's almost nine thousand is the post reach. Okay. So when I post something new, it gets out there. Oh, good. We have we're aiming to get two hundred plus people, two hundred to three hundred people in the spring fling this right. year. There is a lot of people who have shown interest. There's a lot of people who have said they were going to buy their tickets. My my request is I love all of you. I want to see <laughs> all of you. Definitely. It helps us the earlier you buy your ticket, the better I can plan. The- and there 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 is the the easier it is on me and Mrs. Gamer's Lounge <laughs> to make it all the way to the Spring Fling um, because there are costs that we have to come out of pocket earlier. And while I don't mind doing that, it all. softens that blow if I can use some of the already bought tickets to cover those costs. It also helps us because, as everyone knows, Bill loves to have huge events. He loves everybody to be happy. He wants to give and give and give. So the closer we know how many people are coming, 
the more, more stuff I can do, plan, the more we can do. The more we can do, because that is so. There was a couple of questions. Of our, yeah, our thing about the Sprig Flig is what we can do for you, the gamer. There was a couple of questions out there, and I hope you know if, as the listener, please hear this. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm going to share this, and I hope you you hear this. I, I hope this is important because it's one of the things that's important to me about playing the Spring Fling. But also, recommend other people go listen to this or tell them. Share, right. you know, spread the word about this. Please repeat that I said this. So as the organizer, there were some very key things that were important to me, and I came up with sort of the ethos. Like there's, there's three main ethos that I, I'm – I'm pretty sure I even put it on the Spring Fling site, which is, you know, so the first thing is I want everybody that attends, right? Every attendee to have a fun experience and feel like they got the value out of what they spent to come. Right? It's $65 for the ticket. That's for the whole weekend, Friday afternoon through Sunday. It's every event is open. There's no, the only additional cost event is the developer's dinner because of the nature of the developer's dinner. And that's really, um, that's more, yeah, it's more of an event actually than like, say, signing up to play. Right. Um, Song of Ice and Fire or Guild yeah. Ball. Or, so so it's one set of tickets. It's 24-hour day gaming, and I really want every attendee. Like, my number one ethos for the Spring Fling is I want every attendee to feel like they had fun, mm-hmm. they want to come back, and they got value out of their their stay. And we do that with the swag bag. We do that with the one-cost ticket and everything else. Uh, also a number one for me, and there's three sort of ethos, number one ethos here, is to provide a successful and valuable successful and valuable experience to the partners of the Spring Flag. Now, I say partners. Yes. Most people would say vendors or sponsors. Right. And that's an important thing to me, right? I want the people that come that are helping contribute to the Spring Fling, who the companies that are bringing their games and providing games to the Play and Win Library and providing games to the to the, to the library, mm-hmm. the game library of the Spring Fling, uh, the people that are coming in and exhibiting and actually setting up a booth for retail, I want them to be successful. Like, there's so many places out there that kind of go to these companies with their hands out and say, just give me, right. or that really... I don't feel like they treat them like partners. They're like, well, you know, you owe it to us just because I'm running a convention. No, no, no. If they feel they're successful, they're going to give more to the attendee. Mm-hmm. The attendees are going to spend some money with them, and it's going to go back and forth. I think, t- I mean, one of the big things is it's not about us. Right. <laughs> that That's a big it, key. Any, I mean. It's not about me at all. Yeah. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's. It's not about. Bill, it's not about me. It's not about anything. It's about you. Right. It's about you having a good time, you walking away with a smile, you meeting a new friend, you playing a new game. Um, Yeah. It's really about... Spending a weekend playing some games that you may not always play or playing the game you love. Having the opportunities to see people you only see once a year is another thing that is, is a goal. And that goes to my third, which is engaging the industry. Right, we have Vince from Wing yeah. to Star Publishing. They're mm-hmm. on the publishing side, right? We have we have Brian who comes and owns Anvilate Games. I mean, to treat the industry like partners. Yeah, I want them to feel like they're part of it and helping us, that they're helping us grow and growing with us. Right, um, which is important to me as well. Now, one of the questions that came up, and this was kind of interesting because uh, it goes to my ethos, mm-hmm. but I, I hadn't thought about it until. 
the comment was made and I had a very, I, I reacted strongly. I had a very strong reaction to this. Mm-hmm. So one of the comments that was made to me in a Discord chat was, I don't want to pay to support other events than the one I'm going to. Ooh. And I went, ooh, time out. That, that's, not, that's not happening. We need multiple events there. That's how we're getting the space and growing. Mm-hmm. And we have lots of interest, which is why we're growing. I'd like this to be bigger so that we can, everybody can get more. Right. However, there are a couple of conventions out there that I've been to where, and specifically, there was a convention where I was organizing an event. Correct. And I was helping out, helping the convention grow. And that in that specific situation, mm-hmm. ticket sales, the like literally everything that the players who came, and these players in this case came to pretty much just play. They didn't participate in the rest of this growing convention. Mm-hmm. They came to play the, the event that I was running, and we were doing some 24-hour gaming and stuff like that. Right. They came to play that game in that event. That was their entire weekend. Yeah. And the bulk, I want to say the large majority of the money they spent to come to the event went to other game systems, the prize pool for other games. Um, and, you know, we just, like... That's not I okay. still ended up having to, to scramble to get prizes, and everybody had a good time. But I, on the back end, was like, I could have done so much more not having this event at this convention. Right. And just having this event separate, taking the 30 people that showed up for my event, having them pay the same amount of money, and then return it all back to them, I could have given them such a better experience than they than – the, the good, the understandably good experience they had at this convention. And some of those people don't even go to that convention anymore. Right. Um, and I don't know if people might understand, not may or may not understand or think this, but the money does not come back to us. Well, not just that. Everything goes into it's, it also, glasses and But not just that. Things. And, right. It also goes to the money that goes to Guild Ball isn't then split out to pay for Kill Team. Correct, correct. Right? Prize support for Guild Ball is based off the number of people that sign up for Guild Ball. Correct. Prize support for Marvel Crisis Protocol is based on the number of people that signed up for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Right. Prize support. So even though it's one ticket across, there is a division there where... What you're playing is where the money what, will right. fo- be focused. And if, and if you're if you're there, and this is my commitment to everybody, where I'm at least where I'm trying to get to... If you're there to play three days of Guild Ball, you're you, play it. you should see you should see more than sixty-five dollars in value between the games you played, the price support that was available, the the things that were done for Guild Ball. Right? Yeah. Likewise, if you're there to play Marvel Crisis Protocol and to, like if Marvel Crisis Protocol is Friday, mm-hmm. Song of Ice and Fire on Saturday, and then Kingdom Death on Sunday, if you look across those three systems, you should feel like you got the value out of your $65 individually between the amount of time the amount of time you put in. Like I spend a lot of time to do sort of the back end math, if you will. Oh yeah. To figure out 
how much time, how many people are signing up for this to make sure the prize pools, the benefits, the the cool things, the swag bags, yeah. the dress, all that type of stuff. You're a very fair person. And you always have been. Like, that's one of the things about you that is, like, just solid. Yeah. And you, by me as his wife, has been solid the whole time. And, um... And that was one of the things I shared on Discord is I, I, I did quite a long write-up and said, hey, 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 right? <laughs> no, <laughs> Let no. me be very clear about how I organize this. The other thing is I think that is really important is if you're a guild ball player, Spring Fling is still <laughs> guild ball. We still want 68 to 112, Oh, is it? please. Hey, if 128 60, people want to show up, okay, let's 60, do this. Yeah. I got space for you. 68 to 128, whatever whatever that magic number has been in the past. 64. We still want you there because it's really exciting for us that you continue to come and you continue to play and you continue to support this event. Right. We have added on board games because obviously... There's a lot of people that like board there's games. There's a lot of people that play board games. <clears throat> and it went really well last year. And this year, there's actually time for the people who are playing Guild Ball <laughs> to play board games. To play games. board games. <laughs> so that is our other, like... <laughs> Which was one of the pieces of feedback from last year. You know, you don't just go into the store, play your rounds, go to dinner, come play your rounds, listen to... That's 24-hour um, day gaming from you know, Friday through Sunday. Listen to the, to the speech at the end where you get your prizes. And... Um, we want you to be able to do multiple things, you know, come in Friday and not have to play Guild Ball, right. but play Guild Ball with the people you don't ever get to play Guild Ball with, not just the people that you've matched up with. And people who want to try out new board games, oh my goodness, we have quite the library started. The office is insane. I don't know <laughs> if we'll be able to stand it, but... No, there's it needs so, to start moving downstairs. There's so many choices, and we don't want to just have one type of person there. That's true. Yeah. Um, we we want it to grow. We want people to meet each other. It's, and that's part of your second thing that you said about vendors being, not vendors, but being partners. Yeah. You know, Ethereum is going to be there and there's tons of stuff going on with that. Yeah. So, you know, and then maybe you'll learn how to play Guild Ball. Oh, you mean for the non-Guild Ball players? Yeah. Or, you so, know, someone who, who's not a board game Learn Kill Team for, or learn you know? uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, there are other things. There is also other things than Guild Ball in the world. But, you know, Amy, if you're listening. <laughs> buy your ticket. Buy your ticket because you <laughs> promised me you would. But also, you know, there's lots of board games to play. We have lots of choices. Yeah, the plan win this year is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I, uh, I mean, just almost that entire stack right there is play and win as yeah. i point and only you can see <laughs> we have unicorn unstable unicorns unstable uh, unicorns. don't read it from the top down cuz there's a there's quite a shuffle there see people keep bringing us stuff it's so nice oh here's one that i would like to play is new york 1901 you've played that i have yeah we played it with adam and anna that's that one where you build the buildings. Oh, wait. I didn't like that one. <laughs> you want to play Sons of Anarchy, though. I do want to play Sons of Anarchy. I am a big fan of and the And that show. is in the game library. It's in the game library. Viticulture, one of my... I, that's a favorite. So, sweetie, I'm going to tell you what. It doesn't look exciting to you, but anybody who doesn't realize, GKR heavy hitters, giant killer robots oh, heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was, that was a windfall. And it is in the gaming library. 
Now, is it in the plain one? It, no, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no luck no on that's, that one. That's that's going to be one of those gems that stays in the uh, Spring Fling Gaming Library. But if you'd like to try it. Yeah, it's an incredibly fun game, and a lot of people haven't picked it up yeah. because they were questioning about it, and it's from... So anybody who doesn't know, Heavy Hitters is you run a giant killer robot knocking down buildings, mm-hmm. and there's two ways to win. Kill the other robots, or destroy four of the buildings or three of the buildings or whatever. And um, it's created by Weta Workshop, the same people who did Lord of the Rings and King Kong. Oh, wow. And so they used a lot of their modeling technology they used for those movies to make the robots in there. And then the robots are pre-painted. So it's an incredible wow. deal. And it's hard to find because it's, it's out of New Zealand. Um it's a ton of fun. It's one of those games. It's a huge box. Yeah. And uh, and I was able to snag a copy for the game library. Too uh, bad you didn't get one for the playing one. Yeah. Could have been a hit. That that's true. The other side of the plan win though, and this goes to being finding success for the partners, is we want to advertise new games for play and win. Yes, this is so true. So that people are trying and then somebody goes home with a new game. That's the other thing. If you have a game, bring it. Bring it. Or, you know, if you want to share, let us know. Or email me, springflingcon at gmail.com. <laughs> and let me know what game you're looking for. Um, the game library is on the website and it's linked over to Board Game Geek and is growing. So, you know. I am still expanding that library, and I can certainly reach out uh, to a number of different people who are helping me expand the library. Uh, we've talked a lot. We should let people we get back to their a drive. Whole lot. Yes, exactly. And you can see uh, we are very excited. So, 2020, Oops. good year for gaming. Yeah. 2019 was a good year for gaming. It's over. Done. We're done with that. Put it in the past. It's dead to us. Dead. Actually, it wasn't even that negative. And memorialized. Bye. Bye.